key concept for kids in their financial development is that if they feel like they own it, they're going to care for it and appreciate it more than if you just give it to them. Welcome to the Quiet Wealth Podcast, where we talk about money mindset, how not to be broke, simple step-by-step strategies to conquer your finances, and the entrepreneurial spirit that will get you there. Your host, Camilla Jeffs, has been a student of money for over 20 years. She started out broke and has built real wealth for her family through steps you can copy. Camilla is on a mission to help thousands of people just like you build true financial stability. Welcome back to the Quiet Wealth Podcast. I'm so excited that you are here. And at Quiet Wealth, we teach you how to get your first million and then how to set your kids up for future financial success. Today's topic, I'm so excited that we're launching a series about kids and money because we're going to talk about how to really get your kids going with their own money. And I'm going to break this up into probably three different series because kids are different at different ages, right? Like what's age appropriate for a two-year-old is not the same as what you teach a 16-year-old about money. So today we're going to talk about the younger ages. Now, when the kids are really little, like age two, three, four, and you know, preschool type age, that's the age where you just focus on counting, right? They need to know basic math in order to do anything with money. So just focus on counting with them, help them learn how to count, help them learn what, what a dollar bill looks like about coins, things like that. But just they're, you know, they're in the play mode. You don't need to do too much training with them when they're so little. But once they turn age five, I think that is the perfect time to start teaching them about money. So today we're talking about ages five to 11 and how we're going to really teach our kids about money at these tender ages when they are just starting to learn all the things. Because you know that once they start going to school, they're learning to read, write, math, a lot of stuff is coming at them. But all of that stuff is really great and they need it for their lives, but they also need to start learning about money. And I found that with my own children, it was important for us to focus on financial education early. And let me back up a little bit and tell you why. Why is it important to teach your kids about money? With my experience growing up and my husband's experience growing up, neither of us came from much money. Our parents did the best they could with what they had, and we are so grateful to them for that. But when we became, uh, when we got married and started growing our own family, we learned really quickly that we didn't know very much about how money actually worked, and we didn't know how to navigate it. We didn't know what the traps were out there to fall into, and so we just kind of stumbled and fumbled around and and tried to figure it out. And one of the things that got that became really important to me was what's a way that I can contribute to the family in a financial way as we were growing our family because we had five kids in eight years. Anybody who knows the cost of childcare knows that it was nearly impossible to pay for childcare for five children who are all very young like that. And so it was just, it was beyond what we could do. And so I was staying home with, I was the stay home parent with the children and my husband was the one that was earning an income. Now, if you think about contributing to your financial life, right, your, the family's finances, I think everybody thinks about that as just the person bringing in income, but that's not true. That's only one part of the equation. There are so many other parts of the equation here. There is, how do you even spend the money? 
How do you invest the money? How do you save the money? How do you build long-term plans and short-term plans and goals for the money? There's so much more than just simply being bringing in the money. And so that was the part that I took on. I became like the CFO of our family, the chief financial officer of our family. And I dove into investing. I dove into learning all that I could about how money works and the ins and outs so that I could really contribute to the family in a meaningful way with our finances. And so part of that was also bringing my kids along the journey. And when I grew up, my dad did a good job of having a, he had a family bank. And the family bank was something that we could use to, that we learned saving and investing and and all of those things. And it's something that I adopted into my family. And I added to it and enhanced it to be a more robust way of teaching the kids. So that's part of that teaching. So for kids ages five to 11, this is what we did with our family. So number one, we gave them an allowance. Now, I know I probably already lost some of you because there's this really healthy debate out there about allowance, about should you just give your kids money for existing? Like that doesn't happen in the real world. You know, kids should only work for money and, you know, because that's exactly how it is in the real world. I have a kind of contrarian point of view. I like to think about things in different ways and, and see if I can come up with a better way to do things rather than just following kind of what everybody else says. So for us, giving an allowance was a strategic move. It was all about teaching my kids how to handle money. Because here's the thing, if they don't even have money, how are they going to be able to use it in the first place? So giving that allowance is really, it was important to us. Now, we did not give a huge allowance. We gave the kids $1 a month per age. So if your kid was five, he got $5 a month. Yes, it's not a lot. And that is intentional because kids don't need a lot of money. They need just a little bit so they can learn, right? And if you give this allowance, it's okay because kids need money in their hands. So we would give an allowance, but we would also give an opportunity for them to earn more money by doing extra jobs. And we came up with a chart and different ways that, that the kids could earn money to get these extra jobs. It's a very small allowance to make sure that they are consistent in their financial education. Because if you're only paying kids on the work that they get done, what if they don't want to do the work that day? What if they're not motivated to do the work? Okay, well, then they don't get the money. That's the consequence. But also the unintended consequence is that they don't actually learn about money if they don't have money. That makes sense. We have to make sure that the kids have money in their hands so that they can actually learn about it. Now I'm going to make your lives much easier. You don't have to pay them every single week. Just pay them once a month. So you have to go get cash once a month. And yes, we're going to do it in cash. I know we're in a new age where everything's digital and online. But remember, these are five-year-olds we're talking about. Five, six, seven. They need to hold that dollar bill in their hands. They are tangible creatures. They need that in their hands, okay? Also, paying them once a month kind of helps them learn about stretching their money and really makes you less crazy because then you only have to, to do it once a month. Now, let's talk about the family bank. The family bank serves two purposes. So number one purpose is it holds money for the kids' long-term savings And number two purpose is it holds the money for their investment accounts. When we have payday, on payday, we would pay our kids. So your five-year-old, for example, that, well, let's use a 10-year-old because that's easier math. 10-year-old gets how much per month? $10, right? 
So then what we do is we insist that the kid donates 10% of that money to charity. So 10-year-old, that gets $10. That's $1 they donate to a charity of their choice. And you can work with the kids on this. So for us, we belong to a church where we donate, where we tithe to our church and we tithe 10%. But if you don't belong to a church that does that, you can work with your kids on the, your favorite charity. Like I think that's a super powerful exercise to talk to your kids about where they want to donate their money. So 10% to charity. Another 10% goes into long-term savings. And this long-term savings account, we always told the kids was for college or, or a business or being able to support themselves after they leave the house once they're 18. So it's money they won't touch until they're 18. And then for us as parents, we would match that amount. So again, 10-year-old example puts $1, $1 donation to charity. And then another dollar goes into the long-term savings we match it. So now that that kid has $2 into the long-term savings for that month, then 30% is now invested into the family bank. And our family bank really wanted to incentivize investing with our kids. I think it's investing is one of the best ways to build wealth. It's not about trying to get to go out there and make tons of money and have a job that's going to pay you $500,000 a year. It's about investing the money you do have doesn't matter if you're making $50,000 a year or $500,000 a year, you must invest money and in order to build true wealth. So 30% is invested in the family bank and we pay 10% interest per month. Wait, per month? Yes, per month. It's inflated on purpose because kids are not going to be excited about investing if there isn't something really significant happening, right? And so the family bank was our way to really incentivize that. So in practice, what this looks like at payday. So our 10-year-old our example, the 10-year-old does $1 to charity, $1 to long-term savings, and then $3 goes into the family bank. And at that point is when we would calculate, well, how much interest did you make for last month? And then we would add it up and so that they could see that account was growing. Now, I know this is not sustainable for you as a parent, and that's why kids, they get kicked out of the family bank at age 12. And in the next podcast episode, we'll talk about the 12-year-olds and what to do for them at ages 12 to 15. But with the kids ages 5 to 11, I'll just tell you some of the experiences that we had with our kids. So one time we had a child who got really frustrated with our system because remember, they get paid $10 if for the 10-year-old, but five of those dollars they don't get to spend, right? Five of those dollars goes to something else. And so one of our daughters, she got really upset with us and like started crying at payday because she was devastated. And, and it was a time, it was a day that she had made a lot of money. So she had worked hard that month to create more income for herself. And so she had made almost $40. Well, remember, he asked the kids to put half of that away for something else, right? And they only get to spend half of it. So we gave her the $40. And then we, I'm going to put in air quotes here, took away because that's how it felt in her mind that we took away $20 of that. And then she was left with 20. And her, in her mind, she was fixated on the 20 that she didn't get right at that moment. And that's what made her cry. Now, there's a really great book that I'm reading. It's called The Gap and the Gain. So for her, she was focused on the gap, which means the amount of money that she didn't get, that she 
She earned all that money, but now she only gets to, to do whatever she wants with half of it. And so she was focused on the other half that she didn't have instead of saying, oh my gosh, I did so great this month. I get to spend $20 instead of just the $5 if I hadn't have done anything. And so she was so fixated on this that it caused her a lot of heartache and frustration and tears. And we had to really talk to her and work with her, work her through this experience to say, hey, you've got $20 here that you get to use. But then also it was a significant time for us to talk about the to pull out her account card for her family bank to show her you have been doing this since you were five. Right. So she's had five years of building and investing into the family bank. And we pointed out and we kind of pulled it out and we showed her in the beginning you were investing just like $1 at a time or even 50 cents at a time. And now that you are growing and you are older and you are also earning more money, your investments are significant. The other thing we allowed our kids to do was we allowed them to take money out of the family bank whenever they wanted to. We weren't strict about, no, you have to leave that in there. You can't ever touch it. Although we encouraged them to to do that, but if they wanted to take money out, we did allow that because sometimes they want they needed more money for Christmas gifts, for example, or for something big that they wanted to purchase, and that was okay. We were okay with that because we wanted them to do it. Um, a note on big purchases. So and this is also a really great time to use charts and to use ways to help the kids save up for something significant that they really really want. So one of our daughters, she really wanted a bike and bikes for us. And, and you know, if you followed me for a while, you know that our journey in the beginning, we were broke. We had very little money. We were, again, we were surviving on one income and we were trying to invest. And so that means not much spendable income for us, which meant that we didn't go on fancy vacations. We didn't buy a lot of stuff for our kids. And so buying a bike was a lot of money. And so our daughter really wanted this bike though. And so we wanted to support her in that. But we put together a chart and we said, okay, here's the bike that you want. It costs $200. Now let's put together a plan to get to that $200. And so we put together a plan. We worked with her on things that she could do for on extra jobs that she could do around the house that we could pay her for, but also maybe she could do some jobs for other people to be able to earn money for grandma or grandpa or aunts or uncles or neighbors, things like that. And 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 we set this this plan. It took more than six months for her to save enough money to get the bike. But can you imagine when she got that bike, she was so excited and also had an extreme sense of ownership for that bike. So she took care of it way better than any of the stuff we had just given her. And I think this is a key concept for kids in their financial development is that if they feel like they own it, they're going to care for it and appreciate it more than if you just give it to them. And this is one of the things that I think about with generational wealth too is that I think it's important to teach the kids more than just give them money that we have you know, made ourselves. Same thing with college. When my husband and I went to college, we both scrapped and worked really hard to pay for our own college education and not get student loan debt. And we were 
pretty darn proud of ourselves when we got through it and we both did it at, at, and, and graduated with our degrees debt free. Like it was, it was amazing because everybody around us had debt or their parents had paid for their college and neither of us had that experience. And so we were really darn proud of what we had earned and achieved. And it meant a lot more to me when I was walking across that stage receiving that diploma, especially when I went and got my MBA and cash flowed my MBA as well, because I knew that I had worked hard for it and I had accomplished this thing that nobody had just given me. And I think that it just, it just really, it's a really interesting thing that happens in your psyche that if you are the one who owns it, it means a lot more. So that's what we've done with our kids. There's a lot of other things that we did with our children, things like playing games, playing money games, just keeping the conversations open that we did with our children when they were young like this. But the bulk of this was was monthly paydays and having that family bank. It was really important for consistency in their financial education. So next time, the next podcast episode will be ages 12 to 15. So stay tuned for that one and what we did with our children at that moment. Thanks for joining please share the episode with a friend. I know you have other friends out there who have kids who need stuff like this to help them with their journey so that they're not just wondering what should we be doing with our kids because we don't even know. Uh, So it's important to share this episode. Thanks. Bye for now. Thanks so much for joining us on the Quiet Wealth Podcast. If you want more, head on over to camillajeffs.com slash podcast to get the show notes and dive into other juicy episodes. While you're there, be sure to grab the free guide to building wealth. And if you know a friend who is struggling with money, please send this episode to them. Let's share the wealth in as many ways as we can. Until next time, wishing you much success.